0: I'm Michael Swale, and this is how you sell without selling out, Roger's That.
1: Hi, I'm Roger's Healy, and welcome to Roger's That, a podcast dedicated to selling without selling out. Today, we have someone who has been um, a great friend, a great leader, someone I've learned a lot from, somebody that really embodies what it's like to take care of the body, the mind, and the soul. Uh, There's a lot of big words that have been thrown around uh, in my life that I really just don't understand, holistic medicine. Better for you, all that kind of stuff. Um, but coincidentally, my friend Michael Swale, who's our guest today, is the founder of a company simply called Alive and Well, originally out of Austin, Texas, now all over the country, thankfully in my hometown of Dallas, Texas as well. Uh, but Michael's on a mission. He's on a mission to be the best man, the best Christian, the best husband, the, gr- the best father. But worldly, he's on a mission to get people to take control of their health care. I think that we live in a world and a society where people are reactive. Um, but if he can get a hold of people like me and have them be proactive, then he is literally making changes, giving people a better life, and giving people an opportunity to live a lot longer, a lot healthier, and most importantly, a lot happier. So today um, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna get real deep with a guy that um, has a background that you probably wouldn't expect because now he is he sprayed this morning on me some divine truth. Uh, he has already taken multiple vitamins and supplements he's drinking a drink called simply the pickleball which we're going to get to he's wearing a crystal around his neck but he used to wear a suit and tie every day and so we're going to take a dive into his journey uh and so before i keep talking i'm going to press pause and say ladies and gentlemen michael swell michael welcome to Thanks, the Rogers. show Yeah, happy to be here thank you um who are you let's 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 take a yeah. dive yeah so uh grew up in austin the
0: son of a school teacher and pharmacist uh, my dad was an entrepreneur and started his own business, a, a pharmacy uh, mm-hmm. called Peoples, uh, which still exists today in Austin. <clears throat> um, really, w- an innovator, and you know, created this model that uh, di- didn't really exist at the time, and and really doesn't to a large extent today. It's a kind of a holistic healthcare model, marrying uh, Eastern medicine and Western medicine under one roof. Uh, so I grew up around that environment. What does that
1: even mean? You know, so, I'm asking the questions that maybe yeah. you know eastern medicine and what does that mean
0: well you know eastern medicine really refers to kind of more ancient traditions using herbal remedies using homeopaths um you know looking at mind body spirit not just you know prescribing medication for symptoms and illness and western medicine has you know become more of the latter which there i believe there's a place for both uh
1: they're both really important so just Um, I'm I'm, i'm your dumbest friend western medicine just means like Prescription medicine and surgeries, right? Yeah, it's it's more
0: it's more allopathic. It's more acute driven. Um, you know, less focused on you know the the whole kind of body and how systems work together, um, and more you know it's become more focused on you know individual systems and and treating and and really becoming more pharmaceutical in nature.
1: Hmm. Yeah. So okay, but anyway, so you you grew up. Your father, yeah. I mean, again, entrepreneur, school teacher, and yep. disrupting. The pharmaceutical business with People's Pharmacy, and, and you saw this, and at an early age, did you did you gravitate towards what they were doing, or was it just your dad's job?
0: Yeah, it was it, a little bit. I mean, that, you know, I kind of learned, I think, through osmosis from that. I was, um, I found to be very entrepreneurial myself, but you know, when it came to profession, I chose you know a different path. Um, I was also an athlete, played lacrosse in college, so cared a lot about health. Um, but as many of us do in college and, and kind of postgraduate, just got, you know, got away from that, you know, f- drinking too much, eating the wrong kinds of foods, not exercising, um, really not li- living, you know, kind of the life and the standard that I knew, you know, was was really w- what, what I needed as a human. Um, and got into investment banking as my profession. So I studied finance and, and got my MBA and um, by
1: the way, people that don't like I couldn't get into the business school, so I I would have studied finance, but you know that they study when they say finance. <laughs> yeah. He didn't study finance, he studied finance. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Back back yeah. to the show.
0: Finance <laughs> financing is something you do. Finance is, is something really? study. Yeah.
1: I actually okay.
0: Like I finance a house or something. That's how I think about it.
1: I, I now same here.
0: There you go. Uh so that's the first thing I taught you today. Uh so <laughs> so
1: it must be the divine truth in me. That's
0: right. It's coming. Um, so, uh, yeah, so investment banking, working with oil and gas companies in Houston. So it, it was a great place to start a career. Did that for about a decade. Learned a ton. You know, m- made good money. Um, you really you know, kind of looked up one day, and this was in about 2010, 2011, and, and realized this is, it's just not fulfilling for me. It's not, it's not meeting my life's purpose. Um, even though it was a, a you know, really good profession. And investment banking is one of those that has this gravitational pull. There's like this glitz and glitter and glamour, um, you know, a lot, a lot of money. And the longer you stay in it, the harder it is to get out. And, you know, so f- fought against that and, and, and really um, decided to make a really major life transition. And moved back to Austin to work with my dad recognizing he had built something that was really making an impact in people's lives and I felt you know there was nothing like that in any of the cities I had ever lived in from Houston to Atlanta to Dallas to New York City um the what peoples had created just wasn't there and so I felt like you know really you know need opportunity for um you know the hotshot investment banker finance guy to come back and and really help Uh, dad expand his company. And, you know, so that I did that for a number of years, learned a lot from working with him, learned the healthcare business. Um, But you
1: went there initially from the business side of things, not the passion side of things.
0: Well, I found that that it was a really good combination of interesting kind of business opportunity and solution and all the things that I'd learned in business school, but also, um, you know, really aligned well with my personal interests and passions. Um, you know both from you know per- personally wanting to take care of my body and explore you know what what the true sense of health means uh, but also helping others and making a difference in the world and it was hard for me to make that argument uh, as an investment banker and and so I felt like this was a, a good opportunity to mm. combine career with you know, passion and purpose and
1: this was what 12 13 years ago
0: yeah this was 2012
1: so which even then I mean obviously the world is progressing and you know, we're more focused on health, but the stuff that you were excited about, you were at the forefront almost to your detriment, right? Where the stuff that was exciting to you and you could see clearly, it was an even harder thing to explain, right? Because I mean, like even the term better for you, that really wasn't a buzz term until probably four or five years ago. So what was that like initially wanting to go and meld that into the family business, working with your family, but then also knowing that your relative end goal was to weave in the stuff that, you know, gave you that sense of euphoria knowing this is what you're supposed to be doing
0: yeah well you know i, I for me i was uh, kind of always a little bit different in that way you yeah. know, i always was the guy that um you know you know kind of ate hot dogs made out of salmon or you know shopped organic vegetables in the store and things like that that you know have become very commonplace now. did you
1: really have salmon hot dogs <laughs> that you made
0: i know i just bought them
1: wow so is it technically a hot dog still? Actually, while we're That's on the subject, question. Can I ask you a personal question? Uh huh. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes or no?
0: A sandwich? Yeah.
1: Well, you just got offended. No. It's not. No. So what is it?
0: It's a hot dog.
1: So just in a category of its own. Some people. This is a pretty I controversial. So, so like a, a, I mean, a hamburger is not a sandwich. It's between a bun, and it's between breads. True. Yeah. Hot dog I, is technically between a bun. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I don't and mean. It's, it's um, meat. Yeah, we'll circle back on that one. Yes. Um, but anyway, so you're, you're, again, making salmon hot dogs and doing your own and thing, which was and, yeah. your own version of normal, knowing right. at that time that it was unique, right?
0: Yeah, and like, you know, coming home and, and you know, family meals, we're, we're, you know, we're talking about the, the evil of, evils of big pharma and, you know, how our medical system and healthcare system is screwed up. And, mm. you know, this is like in the late 90s. mm you know, so, so that's, that's just always been kind of part of who I am and, and, and what I'm about. But yeah, I mean, so I just always dealt with the fact that most people don't think that way. And especially living in Houston, the deemed the the fattest city in America.
1: Houston? Yeah. Really? Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, You know, not a lot of health and wellness activity there. So, you know, you know, you find your own community and your own, you know, kind of people and running your own lane. But Um, But, like, again, I I veered dramatically from that, you know, through my 20s um, and into my early 30s. And so it was really about coming back to, you know, kind of center for me um, when I started to explore other career options. And, you know, looking at, like, corporate options and things like that just didn't make sense. So big step back, you know, professionally to just go work with the small, you know, family business running Mm -hmm. pharmacies in Austin from, you know, working with, multi-billion global corporations in investment banking.
1: And then all of a sudden, your idea came about to start your own, your home, your own movement. I mean, yeah. one, one of the terms that they use that I didn't say and I think is very appropriate is that he built a sanctuary of a company. And I think that's mm-hmm. such a powerful, just gripping, multi-defined uh, you know, way to go and, and, and say what you're doing. But, yeah, I mean, alive and well. And pretty pretty powerful, right? So, what was the origin of you actually going and being founder, CEO, sludging through what we all sludge through every day? What Mm. What was the story behind that?
0: Well, you know, so one step back. So coming back to Austin and and spending time with my father, um, you know, into his late 60s, started to show early signs of dementia, Mm. and that really accelerated, um, you know, when he when he turned about 70 um and so the the last really frankly the last decade of his life um you know was way less than optimal and this is a story that is extremely common yeah. right whether that's from you know the all the big killers yeah. in life from cancer to to dementia to heart disease to diabetes um they inflict a, a very large percentage of americans uh today way more than ever and that trend is continuing and so I saw what happened to my father, and based, you know, just kind of knew a little bit about dementia and Alzheimer's, but really researched it in a lot more depth. And um, for me, recognized that um, a lot of that is genetic, but also uh, a lot of it is lifestyle orientation, and it starts decades before you start to see symptoms. Hmm. And so, you know, I'm in my at that time early, you know, 40s you're recognizing my dad's only you know 25 30 years older than me and so if i don't start Mm. getting straight now with my life uh, i'm gonna that's how my life will go and you know he, he lived a great life and you know did a lot of great things in the world but nobody wants that last you know decade we call it the marginal decade of life uh to be a waste and, you know, so, you know, he, he lived in assisted living, you know, couldn't really get out and do it. And it just gradually every year up until the last few years where he couldn't really get out of bed. Um, and it was really a, a sad and, and depressing state. Right. And I know he didn't want that for himself. And when you, when you explore like how much that has, um, how prevalent that is in this society, not just again, not just dementia or Alzheimer's, but, all kinds of other chronic diseases and how it just really to a large extent did not exist 50 to 100 years ago something's wrong and you know so we've talked about that a lot but you know I really felt like there was something more that we could do at, at Peoples um, that I just wasn't able to explore because it wasn't my company and family business is difficult and so Alive and Well was my opportunity to create a platform, you know, that we could really help make a difference in the world and ultimately
1: change how uh, health works in this country. So that's really our goal. I mean, a, that's a pretty ambitious, bold thing. And again, I don't, I've learned a lot from Michael and I've learned a lot from my version of research. But, you know, cigarettes, right? Mm, it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's bizarre to me that cigarettes are still legal. Then I'm like, well, cigarettes make the, com- the country so much money. That right. it'll never be illegal, right? right? So you, you go and you take on this challenge to take down your own version of take down something that is a multi-trillion dollar industry backed by generations of people that, you know, try to squash people like you and me, mm-hmm. and it's worked, right? Right. And, and it's working. So your, your first step into starting your own company, you know, within reason, what was it? How did you go and, and put a plan together knowing mm-hmm. that it was you, it was literally kind of you against the world, right? What was that process?
0: Well, it's been, um, I would say it's been iterative in a way, you know, so what we started with at Alive and Well, we've, we've changed a lot. And so it's, it's about finding, you know, the types of services that really, um, you know, we, we have several criteria when we look at what are the things that we want to do as a company and how much impact we have on, on a, on a person's health is really number one. Um, You know, we also look for, you know, things that are backed by science and, and there also has to be, um you know profit or in it and and you see this a lot in the healthcare world. Um we have a, a passion for helping people, so it's it's easy to give things away, but they say if no margin, no mission, right? So mm. if you want to meet your mission, you have to make money. And that's how that's how the world works. That's certainly how this country works. Um, and so, you know, we started with, you know, a number of different services and we've explored different things along the way. And what we've landed here in the last few years, we feel like is, you know, is really the, the right model. And it's having a, a few different types of, of um, services and um, things that we do that really are synergistic in nature. They, you know, they kind of support each other and, you know, ultimately have a bigger impact on people's health. And so part of it is pharmacy. And so j- similar to we've, we, We have a pharmacy that was really modeled after what Peoples had created, what my dad created. So it is a compounding pharmacy. We do dispense traditional medication. Like I said, I think there's a place for that in this world. We also have a really wide range of clinical grade supplements. These aren't supplements that we manufacture. We really scour the market for the best of every category. And those are the brands that we carry. Um, and then we have a functional medicine clinic, and that's that's really, that's really what you've experienced, and that's what um,
1: is the driver of a lot that we do. Can you even define that term? Like, uh, I mean, I know you can. Will you please define it? I'm saying functional medicine and yeah. holistic medicine, all this stuff that, to be perfectly frank, really before my friendship with you, mm. I, I don't know. I don't know how to say this without just I would have thought it was, I don't know. I, I would not have put the word medicine we, 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 behind yeah. it. Right. You know, and I, I think it's kind of, it was guru stuff and it was, mm-hmm. you know, stuff that you kind of read about right. and don't take it too seriously, but maybe walk us through that path. If you're a 44 year old guy like me that mm-hmm. ignorant to the way that other people do it, I've had the same doctor since I was 15 years old, right? you know, and go there for everything except for like a broken bone. Right. What? W- how would you define that? How would you define it? Knowing that you still have... Whatever you called it, like traditional prescriptions, right. sure. which means you're not anti medicine. No. It's just maybe there's other ways to do it, which, exactly.: um, Yeah, so if you sit down and, and
0: you know meet with one of our providers, you might walk away with a prescription, right for pharmaceutical medication. Um, but more likely you're you're talking about you know a lot of lifestyle medicine, you know what you eat? Do you sleep well? Do you exercise? Um, what's your stress like? and really digging in deep to what's happening in your life. Um, and then there's a lot of <clears throat> really in-depth lab testing that we do to really understand what's happening inside. Um, you know, we call that the, the, the fourth dimension of physiology. You know, so if you stand in front of a mirror, you see in 3D what's happening. You, you kind of feel like, do I feel bad? Do I feel good? How's my energy? That kind of thing. But you don't really know what's happening inside. And again, you know, the, the, all the chronic conditions that we're facing in this country really they're building up under the surface and it's decades before you see the symptoms. And so we really need to test what's happening underneath the surface to know and to personalize medication and, um, healthcare plans for you as an individual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so when you th- functional medicine is basically looking at root cause, right? It's looking at whole body systems as a whole, not just individual systems. Um, we think we call functional medicine as is the science of creating health right and conventional medicine is the science of treating
1: disease one more time
0: what is it functional medicine is the science of creating health and huh. functional medicine uh, conventional medicine is the science of treating disease
1: wow right and you want
0: both is, yeah. that, is
1: that normal in your field to be supportive of the other side of things so is the other, yeah. so your eastern medicine
0: no oh. no i mean it's we call it integrative is maybe another good term so it's
1: integrating Lots of different modalities into one approach to medicine so did you talk like this your whole life I'm but I'm, I'm for real yeah. I'm saying like the mode like I remember when I first met you said modalities what the hell's modality mm-hmm. was that something that was kind of part of your vernacular as a high schooler because mm-hmm. of what you were around? I'm serious but I'm <laughs> yeah. saying you said that in the right. 90s and stuff and yeah uh,
0: not not quite I mean there's there has been a, a lot more I think that our I guess our community has has developed a better way of describing and communicating to to the world you know what it is and and frankly, there's been a lot of additional science and research um and clinical experience that has continued to develop. That's what's so interesting when you think about nutrition, okay, you just mentioned smoking yeah. right.
1: First of all, I don't what, smoke. I've what, never smoked a cigarette uh, in my life. But. I
0: mean, either. But when you look back into the, I don't know, what is it, the 60s and the Marlboro Man, the, like literally doctors were recommending people smoke. And wh- wh- how is that possible? Wow. Right? I mean, it's because uh, tobacco companies would pay to, to, to get
1: studies done, you, to do research. Like you're going, that, like, I broke my arm. Here, have a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Call me in a month. They were literally yeah. telling people to smoke.
0: They were telling people to smoke and, and supporting it, right? Mm. Like you'd see ads where doctors would say, yeah, smoking is good for your health. Oh my God. Right. Crazy. So so what's happening, what's happening today that doctors are promoting or doctors or healthcare industry as a whole medicine as a whole that we're going to look back on in 20 years and say, what we're doing? What do you think it is? Like, like Adderall and I I, I do think, I do think prescription medicine is definitely part of that. I think, um, more in sort of the lifestyle realm, I think seed oils is a is a huge issue um, that's that's ultimately causing a lot of our chronic disease. Like what?
1: How people prepare food?
0: What is a seed oil? I mean, I'm seed, trying to be yeah, smart Yeah, seed here. oils like canola oil, yeah. sunflower oil, safflower oils, uh, soybean oil. Uh, basically anything that's not so good. Oils would be avocado, um, olive oil, and then all of your animal
1: fats. Golly. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of y'all are probably like, I am trying to sit up straight because my gut is 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 <laughs> is, 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 is kind of dominating this. But yeah, but and, but I mean, back to the, to the mission of alive and well. Yeah. And, you know, you, you do this. Were you the first to market? I mean, because obviously, good, bad, and different. You have an, a, a ten year background as an investment banker, mm, so you are not right. going to do this in the back of some shop hoping that one person comes in per right. week. Then you know, no mission without margin. Mm. It's got to be a business. You put a business plan together ten years ago. How long? How long? 12 years ago?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think it started with, you know, really the objective of, of expanding what we were doing with, within peoples. And so the, the business of peoples existed, and I came in in, in 2012 saying, you know, let's really build a, a model that, that can scale, hmm. right? And so that's what we were working on in, in 2012 20, through 2015. Ultimately, I didn't have the opportunity to execute on that because it wasn't my company.
1: And then all of a sudden...
0: And, you know, so there was a lot of things we didn't do. Like, we didn't have a functional medicine clinic at People's. We did not have a, a, a massive wellness center with all of these, you know, this ecosystem of services that really support people's health. And so, you know, that was something that I, I wanted to build. But, you know, to be honest, it's, it's. I mean, I, I think we will continue to find new things. So I, I, I kind of got into the smoking. But... Nutrition and a lot of the, the lifestyle medicine that we talk about is really a nascent science. Is what nascent? So it's 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 new and not totally determined, right? So we, you know, twenty years ago, we we're talking about you. You lived, you know, through it in the you know kind of nineties. Like, well, you're low, a lot older than fat. me. I was a child. <laughs> I am. in the nineties. It doesn't
1: look like it, but I'm way older than you. Um, but you say I lived through what? The low fat. Oh, uh, you know, trend. Like Atkins diet. Or that um, was low carb. No, that's low carb. Or no, that was high carb, wasn't it? Maybe. No. There was one where I was like, I can eat high bagels fat. and lose weight. I was like, why am I still fat? No, nah, not, bagels. Not, yeah. I don't think that was
0: a diet. Um, no, it's, it's, it was the low fat, like you know, snack wells and all, you know, oh, all yeah. these kinds of things, right? So of just avoid fat. And it turns out to be just
1: a disaster, right? That is a terrible idea hmm. for, for human functionality. What do you think that this generation's version of the cigarette is? Um, I, I mean, I think, I think seed oils is a, is a, is probably the oh, number the, one. That's more blatant. Well. Like, the, like the one for the, you know, middle America, the people that obviously maybe it is seed oils, but the stuff that I've always thought it was the prescription, mm. I don't know, like study medicine. And, mm. you know, I was one of the first people, you know, and it's cause I obviously have very, I have a lot of learning disabilities and hyperactive and I've always been like this. And I remember getting a Ritalin prescription when i was like 9. Yeah. And that was way before it was wide it was accepted to do it. Right. And i was on it for like a week mm. and my parents took me off of it immediately cuz it turned me into a zombie, right? Mm. And then i think the abuse of i don't know if that's appropriate but like Adderall. Mm. right? Where it's just so easy to get it and that hasn't been around forever, but do you feel like that's kind of our generation's cigarette? Or is, yeah, I, mean, I,
0: I think the over-prescribing over of, of medication yeah. is, is definitely in that category, huh. right? And, yeah, Adderall, um, but, you know, you also look at all, all different kinds of psych medication, right? So you're depressed, there's some medicine, right? So, you know, there's, um, you have high blood pressure, right? You have high cholesterol, medicine, medicine. There's, and frankly, there's ways to reverse all of that naturally, with changes in lifestyle, change in diet, change in just activity, and, and change in your
1: just overall mindset. But here's the obstacle that we face as business owners and mm-hmm. leaders: most people are lazy, the, right? Yeah. And, and so I mean, you- it's yeah. I mean, that's that's. I
0: mean, it's 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 gradually become this way. But a, you have to follow mm-hmm. the money, right? There there is no money in, in just telling someone to eat better, right? There's way more money in prescribing. A medication that's that has a patent, you know, that will earn billions of dollars for years to come, uh, and you just can't you can't patent apples, right? And so, um, you have to follow the money, and you know, you you also have to look at what has become in our society a very you know kind of convenience oriented approach to healthcare, and we've been trained as patients uh, to. First of all, only listen to what the, the doctor in front of me that's you know, spending seven to 10 minutes in this appointment doesn't really know me, what, what are they telling me? That's the only kind of piece of information. And I will say that um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of people that are in the, the medical industry, that are MDs and DOs and all kinds of providers and nurses, et cetera. I think they're, they get into uh, the industry really to, to help people and it's in their hearts and the system is what's broken it's not the individuals Hmm. Um, and so that's again what we're we're working on is trying to change the system and and so it starts at the when you look at the top right there is to to the point there is no motivation for the powers that be to change the system
1: that exists today ironically most of those people are also not what you would consider to be the poster child of health no and it's (laughs) because all they do is work and You know their end goal maybe is different than than our end goal, but maybe there's a parallel with investment banking, right? These people Mm -hmm. that are lifelong, you know, politicians or decision Mm -hmm. makers, there's it's the vortex is is Mm -hmm. real, right? Yeah,
0: it's human nature. Yeah,
1: it's you know power, greed,
0: you know all of the kind of deadly sins Mm -hmm. play into to all of this. But you know I think the reality is that because the you know the powers, the the people that got us into this aren't going to get us out. Hmm. There's no, there's no motivation for them to do that. You feel like you live on an island with this? No, I don't. I, I think that. Um, well, I think there's a number of other, you know, kind of businesses and entrepreneurs that are really exploring how to bring, you know, a better form of healthcare and wellness to to society. I also think there is this really growing eagerness and interest, and you're a good example of this, of people that are recognizing there's a better way, and so that's really to me where where it has to start. Is educating and empowering people across
1: the board, so it, it is a bottoms up type of change. So, how do you do that to scale? Where well, you're, you're so pat, you're passionate about it, right? Yeah. And, and you have a, a, a you have a legit business that's ha- that's have revenue of tens of millions of dollars yep. year over year, which proves it, right? Right. Um, Boulder, Colorado, Santa Fe, Dallas, Austin, right cities that you know kind of fit the bill for health and wellness. So how do you hit places like Houston? How do you hit places yeah. like Indiana? How do you mm-hmm. how do you do that knowing that you're obviously one person and you've got disciples that believe in this and that are doing it? But mm-hmm. what what's the change that has to happen where, you, you know, I'm kind of bouncing around with questions, but you look That's back great. and realize, hey, you did your job, right? You're at the, what, what was the last phase of your life called? You called it the margin years? What was it? Marginal decade of you're life. In the, okay, so you're there. You're 120. Oh. And... <laughs> Seriously, and, and you look back. I mean, what what's the change that has to happen? Knowing that, you know, old school is not going to potentially change in our lifetime. But how do you know that you did something that was that was widespread? What what's the bonfire that has to has to happen? Mm. I can reword that because I don't know if it made sense to you. But I'm saying, wh- what's going to have to be the big thing that's going to get people, holy crap, being preventative versus reactive? Well, you know,
0: I, I think the unfortunate reality when you when you think about really kind of widespread um you know people tend to look for alternatives when there's a crisis right and so often in health it is i have this condition that's you know that can't be fixed by conventional medicine i go to the doctor i look at my labs i said it's fine i don't feel fine right something's something's wrong um, and, and that, you know, applies to a lot of different areas of life. And so, you know, that creates the motivation to, you know, the, to, to find an alternative. And that's where a lot of people end up coming to us. But, you know, ultimately it's about, we say it's about meet, you know, meeting patients where they are in their health journey. And so some people never heard of functional medicine, don't, don't want, don't know what integrative or holistic means. And that's Okay. You know, they're used to coming to the pharmacy counter and pricking up their prescription and going home. And so what what we do is offer an opportunity to educate them along that path. You know, and we see this every day. You know, someone comes in to get a massage because their friend told them Alive and Well is a great place to get a massage. And, you know, they, they have a great experience and they walk out. And if we're doing our job right, we're explaining to them some of the other things that we do kind of throughout that process. And, you know, you look you look around and they're like, well, people are just happy here. What's, what is this place about? And they feel they feel healthier. And so maybe next time they come back and they'll try IV therapy. And maybe next time they'll do some sauna or red light therapy or ozone. Maybe they'll talk to someone about some supplements. And ultimately, the where we have the biggest impact in life is they schedule an, a, an appointment to meet with one of our providers
1: to talk about, lifestyle and the term health. provider that means a, a medical some, provider someone from your team that is acting as an in-between they're extracting information like me and they extract mm-hmm. the information they essentially find the root cause right and then they digest it based off you know how my body actually works right from the fourth dimension right right for real yeah but i'm saying that's the yeah. that's the provider yeah and it's
0: so exactly and so they ultimately are building a health plan for you that's personalized in nature Right. And so so it's about it's about finding ways to empower people and, and understanding that there is there's a way to explore a better health uh, outcome there. And it's about um, providing the opportunity for people. You know, it's it's achievable. It's accessible. It's not some you, know, you don't have to be a multimillionaire to, to do the services that we offer.
1: Does insurance cover any of the <clears throat> service? But, no. Is, that, a, much is no. that one of your missions? Missions is to find a way to have it all integrated, where you can. Well, it,
0: you know, it gets back to the you know how how, how do you um, make change happen? And insurance companies are are not going to be you know, really motivated for the same like, reason the, f- the government, way the system is set yeah. up, right? But um, they should be ultimately, right? Like insurance companies pay when something bad happens to you, and if we can prevent the bad from happening. They pay less, so yeah. theoretically they should be motivated to cover the types of services that we offer. Um, you know, but again, it's it's a it's a system issue; it's a system wide issue. And so, um, yeah, that that is the one thing that um, you know is un- most unfortunate about the type of service that we offer is it is cash pay; it is a little bit more expensive, and so it's not really accessible to anybody and everyone and that's definitely one of our part of our mission over the long term is finding ways to reduce the cost so that more people can
1: access it what about like alive and a well-ish <laughs> and like I, i'm the provider like how are you feeling you? i'm like smoke some cigarettes and then it all comes full circle <laughs> have um, Some canola oil yeah have some canola oil have you tri- yeah um so i mean again being a founder it's just freaking hard Yeah, right. I think I I think leading a company is hard, especially when you're going to work harder than everyone else, you know, no matter what, the end of the day, the responsibility falls on you and your wife. Has there ever reached a point where you're just like, Oh, my gosh, you know, like, I, I, I've reached a point where maybe I need to pivot and and do something different. Or does that kind of when that stuff happens to me, it motivates me, but it's still it's a kick Mm -hmm. in the face, right. And Mm -hmm. I think that's why we've connected so well is Mm -hmm. that, we have something in common and Mm -hmm. we're on a mission where no one understands it better than us. But has there reached a point where you've just, you've gotten discouraged and you've, you've questioned it or does that give you more motivation and it gives you a reason to keep going? Um,
0: You know, there's definitely been some challenges and some ups and downs and, you know, will continue to be yeah. right so that that's not that's just the life of an entrepreneur um, yeah. and in particular one that's you know trying to disrupt uh, an established industry um, you know for me it's never dissuaded um, you know the path at all um, but the reality is that you know what we do and, and you know kind of r- running a company and being an entrepreneur and especially leading a, a group of people and not just kind of being you know solo Um, it's, it's actually a pretty lonely, um, business. I mean, not, not lonely profession, I guess you'd say. Right. You're saying just being a founder or being a founder, being an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, it's it's people that, you know, we, we have uh, honestly the best people in the world work for us and we have a fantastic team and, uh, you know, I'm really excited about what we're going to do as a company with this team. You know, by and large, there's a lot of things that they they just could, can't understand that, that I have to deal with, and that's okay. I'm not expecting them to, um, you know. But it, it it really does help to get around guys like you and you know the the other uh, companies that
1: you work with, and yeah. you know the group that you've assembled to really share those experiences and stories. I'm gonna ask you off uh, off color question. The term "misery loves company." What what do you think is a more appropriate term for like when guys like when founders like you and me meet, right? Like, what, what do you feel? You have all these isms and it, it is miserable sometimes, right? And I, and I didn't realize until later in my thirties that I was, I was never alone, but I was super lonely, right? Mm-hmm. Cause I kept just, you know, I'm, I'm a doer like you and I got mm-hmm. a lot going on, but mm-hmm. never really found my people until I, you know, started doing what I'm kind of doing differently now. But mm-hmm. how, how would you describe that when you're in a room of your peers and it's just this, huh, oh my gosh, you get it. Right? What, what's What's your ism for something like that?
0: Well, you know, I would say when you think about vocation and calling, right? And there's some kind of religious undertones to this, but um, at the at the highest level, you know we're called by God to 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 live a certain purpose in this world. and ideally, we all take time to explore what that is for us individually. And in the uh, in the kind of ultimate form of that, we're able to apply it vocationally or to our profession. And so, you know, through the work that we do, we can live out our ultimate purpose, God-given purpose on earth. You know, that said, um, you know, some people don't uh, don't have the the privilege to be able to explore, you know, that, and they just you know they just have the job that's that they you know enjoy doing, but it's not their. Major purpose in life, and so I find that when I'm around other entrepreneurs, it it feels a lot more purpose oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that
1: really answers your question, no, no, no. but it, it sparks a fire. Yeah, right? it, keep, it keeps you accountable. Um, what's the most rewarding part about what you get to do? I mean, I guess literally save lives. I mean, you you literally are saving lives. Literally, I mean, I, you know, it's just
0: one example of that. So you know, through through COVID, right? What, you know, COVID hit and within a few weeks our team you know had assembled we did a lot of research and you know (laughs) because frankly for a while there was nothing else to do because we everyone got shut down for a few weeks um you could drink all day you could could drink all day have you ever heard of
1: breakfast wine it (laughs) exists
0: (laughs) so we just went to work on you know finding out what you know what's causing this how do we how do we prevent it how do we really support you know people that get sick um and so, like one example of that was it, it became very clear early on, and, and it's still not even widely discussed that there's a strong correlation between vitamin D status and outcomes with COVID. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons for that. But if you are low in, in vitamin D and you get COVID, you're going to get sicker. But mm. I mean, that's frankly the, the case for you know, flu or a variety of other uh, diseases. And so, one of the things that one of the things we do as a company, we do IV therapy and we do vitamin injections. You know, so we do that IM. Um, so you come in and you get a, a shot and you're IM, intramuscular. So in your in your shoulder or in your glute. Um, and you know, so it's it's the a, glute is your butt. Yes. It is right. I'm mean, interpreter good. for. And um, yeah, you know, our nurses are, are reluctant to give some people
1: shots in their glute. Because mine, it would break the needle because it's, so, it's like putting it into a stone?
0: Well, usually because of the banter that happens in the, in, uh, you know,
1: in the interchange there. Would you actually, at the end of this, would you please give me a shot in my glute? I will not. Stay tuned. For <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, again. Yeah, you, you, so,
0: so the point was, you know, one of the things that we, we inject is vitamin D, vitamin D3, um, and it's at higher doses, and it's highly absorbable when it's injected directly into your system. And, you know, so we offered, you know, so age was another big indicator of poor outcomes with COVID. And so we said, you know what, you know, let's do what we can to help people. So we said, anyone over the age of 65, free vitamin D shots. And that was starting in, I think, April or May mm. of 2020. And we did that for about a year. Wow. And one woman in particular, and we had a lot of people came and, and took advantage of that, <laughs> thankfully. One woman in particular that was a, a regular with us, she um, was, you know, older in age, obviously, and and you know, really um, was into more conventional medicine. Is gradually kind of moving our direction, and she said, you know what, I, you know, she she told me, and this is now a year later in 2021, for the last decade or more. She and this is a woman with with money, and so she had access to you know really high end conventional medicine. I get these tests and my vitamin D levels have always been really low. Hmm. And the doctors ha- have never really had a, a good way to fix that. So we've tried a lot of other things and nothing's worked. And in the last year, since I've been getting these shots, I went back to the doctor and like, what, what have you been doing? Hmm. And so had that woman um, you know, gotten COVID and not been ac- accessing our services, who, who knows? knows what would have happened. Wow, and I think for sure through that process we saved lives but you know we wrote blogs we put out a lot of information over the internet and you know I think we reached a ton of people mm. that you know were interested again like crisis mode what what do we do mm. uh, at the time there was no vaccine and if there had most people you know I think would be reluctant to take it mm. and so what do we do and you know so we, we wanted to provide information to people and so yeah I think that's that's been and it happens you know kind of day-to-day, week-to-week, frankly, just even walking into our store, come into the the retail floor and talk to someone that works there and say, this is what's going on with me. You know, what, do you have some supplements you can recommend? We um, get so many success stories just from that. It's a 10-minute conversation. It doesn't cost anything. And people are, are now accessing, you know, these kind of – what just supplements It's supplementation to your other otherwise
1: lifestyle and it's changing lives. Hmm. It really is. Well, and saving lives and saving lives. And then the generational effect of that as well. I mean, again, it's, it's pretty cool butterfly effect and yeah, I'm excited to, to be a part of it. Uh, a couple more questions and then we'll have to, we'll have to end the show here, but, uh, best advice you ever received. What, how would you, how would you pinpoint that? Hmm. come back to it probably um talk about for real the crystals that you're wearing or the crystal that you're yeah. wearing for real you're talking it's yeah lupus a lup, lupus what is it <laughs> lup, what is it called lazuli <laughs> yep all right you almost yeah. got it
0: lazuli um yeah so um i don't know i've just really been always attracted to this i, I mean i i like the color of course but it's it's actually um, a crystal that's referenced um, I don't know half a dozen times or so in the Bible, wow. and I, I think there's there's but whether or not you're Christian or um, you know Jewish or care anything about the Bible the fact that it it's it's recognized and represented in in um, text over generations across different cultures means there's something to it right mm. like it's it's impacted people in different ways over time and. I'm not a worshiper of crystals and I, I don't think that it's going to, you know, really change your life. Uh, but I also think energetically there's, you know, so- something to like, you think about the formation of the earth and all that's happening under the surface of this planet energetically. And In we're the fourth
1: dimension of earth.
0: We're, we're, that's right. Very good. And where we ultimately, you know, came from, right. From, from the earth. And, uh, the, yeah, so crystals you know, formed you know, deep inside the earth, and there's some energy to
1: that. Um, I, I, don't, I can't explain it. I don't know why, but... But, I, but genuine, I'm saying like, does wearing it, is it, and I don't want to offend, but it, is it a psychological effect where you're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be one with the earth today, and I'm gonna, it's going to calm me, or do you feel like having it on your body or next to your body actually changes something in your body, or both? What's the, you know, I don't know how to ask that appropriately, but I've mm-hmm. always wanted to know. Mm. Is it just the presence of it where it's like a, like, I mean, I have a, I have a goat fuel bracelet on, right? It's an mm. energy drink, but this is something that just says, be the greatest of all time. We're mm. just seeing it mm-hmm. literally. And this is how my brain, I'm like, all right, I got to power through, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and is that a version of it or do you feel like there's something physical as well that is, that can be proven? Um, I just think it looks good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a very honest, that's a, that's, but it's cool. But, no. I'm like, no, but I it don't. tells a story too. And I'm sure that it's, it's, yeah. like, it's like a lead generator for what you're doing. Mm. Right, where people might – it's like if someone has a tattoo that's not just I'm like, what is that tattoo? I'm like, well, let me tell you. Right, they, they want people to ask. And I feel like with what you're doing, it just really is a, is a great representation of, of your mission. Yeah. And, yeah, that's cool. uh,
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't actually, like, personally get a lot, you know, kind of physically or, or mentally from wearing a crystal. But, I, I, again, I do think that there is some type of potential uplift or, you know, energetic alignment, you know, when you're around – you know, other things that you know kind of were created in this earth uh that, that have positive energy
1: like me and we're working on that okay well um best advice you've ever received actually i'm going to pivot uh, best advice for a girl dad for a girl dad yeah that's a good one so i have four daughters we know yeah, so oh, we know <laughs> we've we, we, we know we know what's the best advice for yeah. four girls that i would
0: say so so look. Um, I, you know, again, I was an athlete, you know, grew up, I had uh, two younger brothers and an older sister, but, you know, was very, very much kind of a guy's guy and, you know, locker room humor and, and all that. And so having daughters really, you know, kind of opened my eyes, you know, to, to a lot. But um, through that exploration and through my experience, one of the big things that I learned that I, that I try to make sure every father of, of daughters understands is that, you know, for the first period of their life, say, you know, the first 10 to 12 years, they love their dad, you know, their kids, just like any kid. And, and you you kind of, it's easy to be around them. um, And you can have a big impact there. But when girls start to change physically, and emotionally and mentally into their early teen years, they actually start, so men start to understand less what's going on with, with them as girls. And those girls actually also start to push away, right?
1: They can't end on this.
0: And so as a father, that is the time when a lot of men say, I don't understand, this is now mom's time, and so I'm going to back away. But um, what what in reality they want and what they need is for you to dig in deeper. Oh. And so that's the advice that I give to all dads of of girls mm. is... They need you throughout their life, not just the first you know, 10 or 12 years. And they need you most in those teen years when
1: it's hardest hmm. to access them emotionally. That's great advice. I thought this could have gone a different way. I thought I was going to just have 10 or 12 years and then she didn't want to talk to me. But <laughs> right now it's going kind of well, but she's 16 months. Um, okay. Lastly, um, we started this conversation. And Michael, ha- we have a great friendship, great banter. And it's, just, it's a great respect, hopefully mutual, where we're so different which I think is necessary to have real friendships with people that Mm. kind of fascinate you with passions, excitements, et cetera. But the beauty is that over the course of six months of knowing each other, I'm leaning into it and I'm understanding it, but there's still some tough stuff for me that's going to take some getting used to that is not necessarily a me thing, but we started um, our friendship this morning, our conversation with some spray and I just thought it was so special how it's just so natural for you to, Talk about something like this, but maybe could you could you explain a little bit? If you want to demonstrate it, feel free. But yeah, I'd love for people to get you know a firsthand experience of just how you're how you operate.
0: Well, <laughs> this isn't like a huge part of my life. Yeah. But I don't want to oversell it, but um, I do appreciate it. So this is just a it's a essential oil with with flower essence, and so the the people that make this are I think are really special people. They're they're out of Arizona. They uh, scour the earth for the right types of flowers you know grown in the wild unadulterated and have yeah, look s- at certain- the
1: word unadulterated like you're, dude your your terminology it's so powerful and it, <laughs> seriously unadulterated i would just say like not stepped on <laughs> <laughs> right
0: no no added chemicals to help them grow that kind of thing wow and so you know they 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 basically take the essence of the flower and, and put it into this mist there's also some different oils like an anointing oil which is a fun word. Um, and so, you know, I, I think there's again, this is not there's no there's not a lot of money in this, so you're not going to get a lot of clinical double-blind controlled studies on it. But the the there is something again to to nature and the the resonance that we have as humans, and energetically, I think that th- there is this alignment that that can give you if you're accessing it in the right
1: way. Which means you have to be prepared mentally. Yeah. You know, you yeah. say access, and it's not like. You just put it on, you move on to the next, right? Where that's part of my obstacle is that I'm so routine driven, mm. right? Whether it's quiet time in the morning, it's like, all right, I did my devotional, I read this and I'm on to the next thing, right? Which I think the struggle of being present is, is a real issue for me. Um, but again, yeah, and
0: this, I'm not expert in, in flowers or flower medicine, but you know, I, I, this one in particular, it, its purpose is to help you access, it's called divine truth. So your, your real genuine purpose in life.
1: Are you comfortable demonstrating just how you would accept it? Or what's the... Yeah, receive it. Receive it. Yeah, good. And so
0: I, I just... Take a pause. And breathe it in. I felt that. I just... I, did, I mean, it does. It, part of it's the breath, but it just ch- it changes your attitude. And I do this two or three times a day. And I'm like, w- what is the purpose of what I'm doing right now just in this moment? Oh, yeah, there is a much bigger purpose to it. I'm not just creating a spreadsheet or but, processing payroll. But <laughs>
1: it's like your crystals, right? I mean, it it like is. there's something, it's like right. obviously it smells great. I'm sure there's stuff that literally is better for you. Yeah. But it's the act of slowing down. And it's the act of pausing, which again is kind of your mission. It's the act of getting your priorities aligned. Mm-hmm. And sometimes even the guy that literally lives this and literally breathes it has to do it as well I because guess. it's still a business. Yep. Um, right. That's awesome. Okay, the last question. How do we support you? Obviously, no matter where you guys are, whether you're in a city that Alive and Well is not physically in yet or you're in a city like Dallas or Austin or other cities that he's ex- they're, they're expanding to, what's the best right. way to support your business and to become a customer and to become a true believer and extension of all the stuff that you stand yeah. for?
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I mean, I, you can explore our website, aliveandwell.health. Um, and there's a number of different resources. But for anyone in the country, uh, we have a platform you know that offers thousands of different supplements and you know items like this, uh, available. And it, you know, it comes with resources and, and education. So you can schedule time to talk to someone just like as if you walked into our store and said, what supplement should I take for what I need and who I am? Because it's yeah. somewhat confusing. Yeah. There's there's a lot of options.
1: And on social media as well, aliveandwell.health is their Instagram handle. Um, yep. But new website just launched as well. New it's, website, it's, new it's, branding. It's, yeah. Yep. And as someone who's gone through the platform and going through it, I encourage you all to do this. Uh, and and again, the, the, kind of stuff that struck struck me is that you shouldn't wait to prevent stuff that is preventable. Right. And and I think just feeling great and having that sense again, what a great company name alive and well, and mm-hmm. he embodies it every day, but just because you don't maybe have Michael's physical features doesn't mean you can't go and live, mm. you know, the way that Michael and his, and his family and his, his really his, I don't say profits, but you know, the people that encourage each other, it's, it's a, it's a real thing. So, um, Thanks for joining us. Anything Thanks, else that we didn't talk about that you want to add?
0: No, I, I think that, I think that cover, you know, I think, you know, it's all about r- really exploring options. Yeah. You know, so that's what we're all about is options. And to your point, like, don't wait until it's too late. We like to say you need to start the process of creating health absurdly early.
1: Mm.
0: Right. It's going to feel like, What? Well, I, well, I don't need to start in my twenties. Like changing my lifestyle or, or, you know, getting certain tests, but that's really the time that everyone needs to start so that they can continue to live a healthy life.
1: Yeah, tell you what, um, be alive and well. Ish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, man.